Welcome into 23 Jungle Tales brought to you by PGX and right here on the Sports Objective with us right now, Kyle from the Grange Barber. How are you, man? What's going on, fellas? I'm sitting here on a Sunday night looking another work week dead in the eye. How are y'all doing? Doing fantastic. And Bubba Rosenbaum, very excited. Your brainchild, 23 Jungle Tales. I believe this is the third season. And uh, very excited. These two guys uh, meant so much to the program over the last handful of years. Glad to have them to kick things off. Yeah, yeah Dave, and, and you say handful of years. Um, each of these guys spent six years within the yeah. Pirates program, you know, kind of an anomaly. But uh, very glad we had them for those six seasons from 2016 to 2021. Uh, welcome into the show, Matt Bridges and Kim Colmore. Gentlemen, how are you? Doing great. Thanks for having us on. We appreciate it. No doubt about it. In fact, uh, your coach always brags about you guys, and we have him on the show about how much you meant to the program. And uh, certainly when he's building the huge program that he has done, when you look back, you were two of the guys the, that were solid as a rock and old faithful, if you will. Uh, we want to talk uh, first off, how do you guys, can you talk about how you became a pirate? Yeah, um, I'll start first. So for me, you know, it started as at a young age. I kind of always really wanted to play there. Um, looking back on it, it started at the, I believe it was the 2009 regional when uh, we walked off South Carolina. Yeah. Um, I was actually in the jungle there with my dad. And um, when we hit that, we hit that walk off or whatnot, um, you know, I just feel in that place and, you know, how electric it was at a young age, I was like, if I have the opportunity to play here, um, I'm definitely going to do it. And um, so just growing up, you know, in Winterville, right around the corner, um, it was just a place that, you know, if I ever had the opportunity to play, um, I would, you know, in a blink of an eye, I would go play. And uh, opportun uh, opportunity came and I took it. And um, so that's kind of how my story uh, went, at, you know, as a high schooler. So I'll let Matt go ahead. Uh, yeah, for me, I mean, it's, it's a little bit different. I was a kid from Western North Carolina. Um, went to Crest High School out of Shelby, and uh, not not really not many people went to East Carolina or talked much about it. You know, it's more of a at state or you know Western Carolina type deal where I'm from. And um, I was playing showcase ball uh, going into my junior year of high school, uh, so after my sophomore year summer, and uh, played we played a tournament down at East Carolina, and I could just feel the energy of the community supporting basically everything about the university and um, the culture and everything that's instilled at ECU. Uh, that, that was, uh, that's, that's what stood out to me from the beginning. And as soon as I had the opportunity to play there, it was really a no brainer just to come back and meeting with the coaching staff and everything that the university has to offer and the tra tradition that's already there. Um, it speaks volumes and man, it was the best decision of my life. Now, Cam, uh, you talking about being out in the jungle at that 2009 regional. Uh, exactly how old were you at the time? Uh, I, then I would have been 12 years old. I was born in 97, yes, yeah, so I believe gotcha. Yeah, so 12 years old. Just wondering, uh, yeah, and just from the standpoint of that, you know, that home run ball that Devin Harris hit to tie things up in the bottom of the ninth, uh, just wondering if, if you were giving chase to that. <laughs> yeah, I actually remember it. I was actually um, – I was in right field, and I know it was hit to left field, but, uh, you know, I would have I would have definitely tried my best to run after if I was in left. But, yeah, I mean, when, when that happened, it was – I was 12 years old at the time, and it was just – I kind of fell in love with, you know, ECU baseball after that. 
um, you know, after that growing up, I would go to as many games as I could, um, you know, with my dad and it just kind of just stuck from there. And it's something that, you know, uh, after that, I really wanted to be a pirate if I had the opportunity. And like I said, uh, I got the opportunity and I um, made that decision to go there. So. And for you guys, I know how special we think of a lot of uh, with with coach, with coach Cliff Godwin. Talk about your experience with him. I know that uh, he's not the easiest guy to when it comes to coaching, but look how great he made you guys. Definitely. I mean, I, I can't thank Coach Godwin and the program enough for all the lessons that he taught us when we were there. Um, it's really made us <clears throat> made us into who we are today. And um, it was it was a great six years. I'll say that at the least. So Yeah, and going off of what Matt said about, you know, what Coach Godwin instilled, you know, made us who we are today. He, you know, he really does mean that. And, you know, everybody that comes through ECU that um, had the chance to play under Coach Godwin says the same thing. Um, the culture that he instilled, um, you know, that's things that we can take with us for the rest of our life. And it's, uh, you know, we had a great opportunity. So. So, guys, upon arriving to campus, and we'll start with you, Matt, um, Coach Godwin going into his second season. And Pirates had won the conference tournament in 2015, um, gone to the Coral Gables Regional um, down at Miami, um, but um, not performed the way we would have liked down there. So, so just talk about your freshman season, have the opportunity to come in and play a key role as a true freshman. Uh, you know, freshman year, it's, it's, tough. it's a it's – a, life-changing year for a lot of guys, you know, coming in, um, going from, I guess, being a big fish in a small pond to being the little man on campus. And coming in, there's already structure in place. Coach Godwin does a great job about that, um, you know, with pretty much getting up early, going to class. Um, you have study hall and lift and everything in between. So it's, it's a pretty long day, especially for a freshman coming in. And um, – you know, going through the fall, uh, really just taking it day by day was the biggest thing that I would say I learned and, and still take with me today is uh, just just getting not getting caught up too much in like the week as itself and just, just taking it day by day, one uh, percent better as he always says. Um, that's a that's a key thing, but um, really just buying into the team. You know, that, that's a big lesson that you learn, especially as a freshman is it's not about you anymore. You know, we want to get this thing to the next level. And, you know, you want to own your role and whatever that is, execute it to your full potential. And I think once you understand that, uh, it's going to make you a better baseball player, a better teammate, and a better person overall. You guys, talk about the very fact of when you when you look at the program and Coach Godwin rightfully so puts such an emphasis on academics. How hard is it? I don't think people realize in Pirate Nation or beyond how difficult it is to not only – keep the expectations of our program at East Carolina when it comes to this particular case, East Carolina baseball, but also the, in the classroom, you, you got to make good grades. I talked to coach a few years ago. He said, Dave, not only will you not play, you won't even be on the team if you don't have good grades. Yeah. Um, and he, he's not lying by that at all. Um, I would say, you know, freshman year is just, even with, with academics, it's just the toughest because, you know, your schedule on a daily basis your freshman year is, you know, you wake up early, you go to class, um, you you then go to the field for, you know, four hours, whatever it is, and then you have maybe an hour and a half to get some dinner, and then you're at study hall from 8 to 10. Um, 
that that was our schedule uh, our freshman year. So it was a lot to get. Uh, and then you'd come home from study hall, and if you had more homework, you definitely wouldn't feel like doing it because it'd be so late. So you know, it, it it was definitely tough. Like I said, you know, freshman year was definitely the hardest for me, um, being able to adjust to that. Uh, not only you know the baseball schedule, but that academic schedule as well. Now, Matt, uh, the tail end of that freshman year, and, or actually both of you guys, and Matt, you can go first and talk about the craziness of, you know, we didn't perform well in the tournament in 2016 after having won it in 15 the year before your arrival. And then uh, we go up to Charlottesville um, and win that regional and then go out to Lubbock and, and out in Lubbock, uh, you had the chance to close out game one, the, the only game the Pirates have ever won in the Super Regional. Yeah, I mean, I, I vividly remember – uh, going 0 and 2 in that conference tournament, and uh, Coach Gowan kind of brought us on the bus, and you know, obviously wasn't happy. But I remember him throwing out like a statistic to us, and was saying that you know they have teams that have gone like 0 and 2 in the past um, in those conference tournaments, went on to win some regionals, and uh, I think we just kind of used that as fuel to the fire. Uh, still vividly remember Travis Watkins' walk off home run there at UVA uh, was one of the top moments of my career there at ECU and um, we just kind of steamrolled into Texas Tech. You know, nobody really had ever heard of ECU out in Lubbock, Texas, and we wanted to make a statement there. Um, you know, they had like 10 guys drafted that year. We didn't have any. Uh, it was kind of a David versus Goliath type thing. And we just, we were not backing down from them. You know, that was kind of the mentality going in there. And um, one thing led to another and we got off to the right start on Friday, but just ultimately couldn't get the job done the rest of the way. But, um, you know, that season, I think, steamrolled the Pirates into what we are today, and we've been successful ever since. So, And you talk about that chip-on-the-shoulder mentality um, there. You, know, you could tell, you know, the crowd fired up into it, a tight ball game um, with the Red Raiders trying to rally late. And uh, when when you came in and closed the door, uh, you could tell you had a little extra bounce in your step and a swagger, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely fuel to the fire. You know, I, I've always used that as an edge. I don't, I don't ever want to back down from a bigger opponent by any means. So, I love when the crowd gets intense like that, and I think that just that that gave us an edge in that game. So, it was a lot of fun. It's fun to look back on for sure. No doubt about it. That was uh, that Saturday game. I'll never forget. I was DJing wedding guys, and I'm supposed to. I was paying attention to what I was doing, but. I was listening to Corey Glore. It's like 95 degrees in Eastern North Carolina at the gig that day. And I like sweat was dripping from my eyes. I'm like, man, I'm like, haven't done anything really. And I'm like, it was so intense and so close on that Saturday game, man. It was what twice 90 feet away from Omaha. Yep. Twice. Yeah. I think we had it twice. Um, but yeah, like, like Matt said, it was, we just steamrolled into that thing and nobody thought we could do it. You know, even Texas tech, they came, when we came in there, they were like, you know, who are these guys? Who is, who's East Carolina? But, you know, we, we played like we had nothing to lose. And, you know, that that team um, might have been, you know, the least talented team that me and Matt have been a part of at ECU, but, you know, those guys didn't care. It was that they, they just – we just played our hearts out and we felt like we could beat anybody in the country. No question about it. And, and, and as far as the program now, you look at uh, the expectations with the fan base, it looks like we're, now we're getting – the super regionals on a, a normal basis. Uh, do you guys feel as a team, as players, did you feel the pressure to try to get to Omaha or is it, I mean, I know how difficult it is, but was there pressure because of how, how rabid this fan base is? 
I mean, I, I would say like in years past, you got like we would kind of feel that pressure just of wanting to do it for more than ourselves. It wasn't just wanting to be the first team to ever go. It was just, I don't know. I, I don't want to say it was, you know, just for Coach LeClaire, but that legacy, we want to we want to retire 23, you know, and, and hang that jersey on the wall. But um, on top of that, like this past year, I would I won't say that we, we got nervous by any means. Um, I think we just left it all out there on the field, and uh, I guess we couldn't get the job done. But um, I think moving on forward, the teams are definitely prepared for it. I know we've been there in the past, and they're going to knock down that door sooner rather than later. You guys mentioned last year and feeling the pressure and trying to get to Omaha. Talk about the uniqueness of last season playing uh, pretty much the entire season up until the regionals with – uh, I guess the fans kind of increased throughout the years, but at one point, I guess little to no fans, then it gradually increased a little more. So, talk about having to play last season at a, um, at, you know, without the atmosphere you're normally accustomed to playing in in Clark Player. Yeah, um, last last season definitely was, uh, you know, it was a different one for sure. But you know, going back, I'll go back to the 2020 season, and then I'll jump back into the 2021 season, but. You know, me and Matt going into the 2020 season when it got canceled um, because of COVID, we we didn't know if we were going to have the opportunity to play the game of baseball again. And, um, you know, there was probably a week period where we thought we were really done, man. We, we didn't think we were going to ever get to step back on that field. And, um, you know, we had a meeting. I remember we vividly in 2020, we had that meeting when Coach Goblin um, said that, you know, the season's canceled, um, you know, you seniors, I don't, I don't know if you're going to get this back. I don't want to lie to you and tell you I don't know. Um, and then we got a call maybe a week later um, from Coach Goblin, and he said that NCAA is granting us another year and that we could come back. Um, and at the time, I could, you know, I didn't care how many fans were going to be in the stands in 2021. I just wanted to get another year. Um, and yeah, I remember that day like it was yesterday. But and then, like you said, uh, as the fans, you know, we got more and more fans as the season went on um yeah it was it was awesome um like the regional last year was absolutely it was absolutely nuts i never thought that i was going to be able to play in a regional like that again um after you know the covid situation happened and um so yeah it was awesome now cam um talk about some of the adversity you faced uh, i i can't remember if it was just media availability or maybe it was the interview that coach godwin did with uh, with some other local media but uh, just talk about um, you know the challenge of getting on the field at, at at a program that had such a talented pitching staff. I think Coach Godwin said there was a point in time uh, when he was talking about the prominent role that you were currently playing, but how um, just all the ups and downs and then the challenges. He said he said you were on the verge of maybe not even making the roster. Yeah, um, and that's that's an accurate statement. Um, you know, I would say, you know, those first couple of years were they were they were tough. Um, I faced a lot more failures than I did uh, successes, and I learned from those failures. Um, and you know, Coach Goblin hung with me. Um, all the pitching coaches that we had there, whether you know it was Coach Dietz, Coach Rizel, whoever, you know, they all hung with me. Um, and I just kept trying to put days on top of each other and get better and better. And Coach Godwin, uh, I remember him telling me, he said, look, he said, you keep working working your tail off. He said, and eventually you're going to see success. Um, he was like, I don't know if it's going to be, you know, a 
a month from now, six months from now, a year from now. But if you keep getting after it and piling these days on top of each other, um, you know, it's, it's going to eventually work out for you. And, uh, it, you know, it did. Um, and you know, the, and I believe it was in 18 when, you know, I was struggling a little bit and uh, I met with coach Godwin. He was like, you know, look last year, um, you know, we changed Davis Kirkpatrick's arm slot. Um, he was like, you know, what, what do you think about that? And at first I was very, you know, scared and hesitant. I was like, you know, this is going to be really weird. Um, I don't, I don't know if I really want to do this. And, um, you know, eventually I, I bought into it and, um, honestly, you know, that, that kind of changed my career. Um, it made me a lot more effective. And, uh, so it really just came down to just trusting, you know, the coaches, um, that they had my best interest and just keep piling days on top of each other. And no doubt about it with Cam, with, it certainly seems that over the course of your career, that early, the, the challenges you had, it made you more hungry, right? It gave you more of a chip and, I guess, uh, in a way, gave you more of a love of the game. Yeah, for sure. And I, and like you said, the the chip on the shoulder for me was the biggest thing. Um, you know, I feel like I always when I went out there, I had something to prove. Um, like, I, you know, at times early in my career, you know, maybe people didn't think I was meant to be out there. But, um, you know, so that was definitely a chip on my shoulder, and I used it to my advantage. How about, uh, Cam, can you talk about the pride of uh, – maybe there's a – it's tough being for Pitt County, of course, playing for D.H. Conley and then coming up the road from to Greenville. But it also has – it's got to be a lot of pride. You were talking about as a kid uh, watching the game, watching that 2009 region. It's got to be amazing feeling to be in – like I was just counting up, what, four regionals and you also have uh, three super regionals. Not many players can say that. Yeah, um, <laughs> it was a long career, six years. Um, yeah, growing up, like I said, you know, something that I always wanted to do um, was play there. And I can't look, – looking back on it, you know, I wish I wish I could do it all over again. It was, you know, some of the – it was the best time of my life for sure. And, um, you know, doing it with my best friends along the way. You know, I know last year we came up short, but, you know, my, at least my last memory in Clark and Claire was uh, dogpiling um, on that mound. So it was – you know, it was bittersweet, but, you know, I, was, I can always think the positive that, you know, that was the last time I played on that field was dogpiling. So. What are you guys, each of you, um, each one, Matt and Cam, uh, if you could uh, give us your top three favorite uh, moments at Clark LeClaire? Mm, okay. De well, definitely last year, um, winning that regional last year at home was was a big one. Um what you got? Yeah. There's, I mean, a, there's a lot of. I'd have to put that one up at the top, just just because of it being the last last game ever at, at CLS for us. Um, you know, all the championships are just kind of clumped together. You know, I think there uh, there's a lot of special moments in between there. Um, now, now, Matt. So sorry to interrupt, but um, you go back to you talk about last year's regional. Uh, you were on the mound when the final out was recorded, so. Uh, just talk about that experience. I'm, I referenced that super regional and that ex, and that opportunity you had, and, and then what you had last year to get that final out in the regional against Maryland. Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely full circle. Um, it, it was it was a cool moment moment personally for me, uh, but just just being out there with the guys, like Cam said, um, is is really what it's all about. Um, I just I told Coach Guy on the night before or that night of the game, 
Uh, I know I'd thrown the two games previous to that, but it was just kind of like next man up. You know, I, I just wanted to be – I wanted to let them know I was there. And um, I know I'd pitched the two days before that, but um, this was a big game for us, and I didn't want it to go to the next day. So I knew we were going to exhaust all options in the pen, and I just wanted to let them know from the get-go that I was ready, as well as Cam and Smitty and the rest of the guys. So um, just to win that championship also – um, knowing all three seniors got the pitch in that game was, was a special moment for sure. Guys, one question to ask you about it, certainly that I know one of the things I love about Coach Godwin is he put he puts your career and your health first. Uh, but how bad – are there times when you wanted to go in and Coach says, sorry, you can't go in, I don't want to chance anything with your arm? There's Yeah, yeah there's definitely uh, – that definitely came up this year. I know – Obviously, you know, our four, we had four uh, game weekends this year, so we played double headers a lot. And, you know, I believe, you know, maybe twice I went up to Coach Godwin after, you know, game one of the double header, and I was like, you know, Coach, I, I only threw, uh, you know, 20 pitches. I'm good to go in uh, about two hours. But uh, he would always shut that down. So, but yeah, he, uh, he does care, you know, about your health. Uh, you know, that's, yeah. that, that's what comes first for him. So, definitely. I mean, he's definitely going to put your, your interest at like your health interest at as a priority. Uh, looking back to that, a prime example would be Jake Agnos pitching against UNCW in the uh, 2018 regional. Um, you know we're cruising, have like a three-hour rain delay, and you know he doesn't go back out there. Um, that's a that's the first example that comes to my mind. But um, you know that relationship that you have with Coach Gowan definitely goes a long way. So uh, you you can always talk about it, but you know his his. Uh, his opinion always overrules. So, <laughs> you mentioned that 2018 regional against Wilmington. Um, have you have you guys been in a rain delay longer than that one? What an annoying game! Uh, it seems like every year there's a regional. There's going to be a rain delay, right? I mean, <laughs> it's uh, this is something that you know coming into it, but you got to be got to be able to flip flip the switch and uh, handle that adversity that's on your way because it goes for both teams. So, it's one thing you learn about those for sure. I remember one of those guys on the message boards that put put up their guys after that 2018 regional about how he'd love to have like a dome and people were crushing him like there's no way we're gonna have a dome for Clark O'Clair, but he wanted to do that because of the rain delay. That would be nice for sure. <laughs> we wouldn't have had to. Who knows what would have happened? But uh, certainly, it seems like every single uh, 18, 19, there's always a. Uh, it seems like a, a rain delay. Uh, one question that I had, guys, as far as uh, Super Regionals, um, what do you think it's going to take to to be able to host the Super Regional? We're so close, and I think that will be where the ticket we get to Omaha. Yeah, um, obviously, you know, Clark O'Claire playing there is such an advantage, um, you know, as as we've seen over the years. But, I, you know, there's no – I don't think there's anything different that we need to do. Um, we just need to keep really just – what Coach Calvin says, just sticking to the you know the days and the process, and eventually it's going to happen. When it's meant to be, it's going to happen. But um, you know, whenever that day comes, or Clark Leclerc has a super regional, I'll definitely be there for sure. But yeah, there's nothing different that, that those guys need to do. They just need to you know keep trusting trusting themselves, and it'll eventually happen. Yeah. Hey, no Matt, going back to the topic of injuries, um, obviously you experienced Tommy John during your years. Uh, so just talk about that process and you know so many guys now uh, it seems like they come back from that surgery um you know maybe even stronger than um the, the, you know more velocity and so on and so forth than they were beforehand 
Yeah, I mean, first off, I, I'll tip the cap to Zach Womack and Brandon Golden when they were there helping me get through just the rehab process. Um, but most importantly, I would just say that the uh, the surgery really changed my career and the way I the way it changed my mentality mainly. Um, you know, sitting with Coach Gowan and trying to figure out the best way I could help the team in that 2019 season when I was out for the whole year. Um, I ultimately uh, started catching bullpens. I did that in the fall, and it really helped me because I could give feedback to the guys from a different perspective, and I could see it from both ways. Um, and it allowed me to be able to travel with the guys and just feel like I was part of the team for that whole season. Um, and I, I can't thank Coach Godwin enough for allowing me to do that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, looking back at it, I would definitely say that that changed my career and uh, ultimately made, made me a better teammate, a uh, better player, and just a better person in general. Guys, one of the things that Coach talks about is having a, a player locker room for former players and a, a weight room, a, a lot of player amenities uh, there for the baseball program. Uh, since you're talking to Pirate Nation, how important it is for us to raise that money for an ambitious camp, capital campaign? You know, I think it's, uh, you know, it would be a big addition for the guys. Um, and not only, obviously, that's going to help our coaches with uh, with recruits for, for sure as well, but you know, I know all of our pro guys that, uh, you know, pretty much have helped build what Clark Leclerc Stadium is as far as, you know, without these past teams, we wouldn't have, you know, the scoreboard we have now, you know, the without the successes that these guys had, um, you know, the scoreboard, the indoor batting facility or what, you know, really the guys that came before us, you know, have built this place and the guys that are playing there now are going to continue to build the place. Um but, you know, it, it is very important um, with my main aspect is probably recruits. Um, but, yeah, and those guys that are playing pro right now, they would definitely uh, definitely love that. You know, as we're getting ready for this current season, uh, just give the guys, um, or, you know, our viewers and listeners a, a glimpse behind the scenes with what, is currently going on um, during during the preseason practices, and uh, and also uh, if you would you know take us back to the fall and you know talk about everything you go through there and um, what it's like with the the mission week. Yeah, um, you know everybody you know that I talk to when I tell them you know I miss I mean I miss being at ECU I miss playing ball there you know they always think about I even like I'm even I even miss the fall I really do it's just you know the process to get to the season. There's so many memories that are made in the fall, even though it's it's not, you know, fun all the time. You know, Mission Week obviously isn't fun, but it makes us, you know, the the players that, you know, that's where the toughness comes in and it makes us, you know, strong for the season and whatnot. But yeah, so like the fall, obviously with with Mission Week, you know, guys don't enjoy that, but it makes them, you know, the players they are throughout the season with the toughness aspect. Um, yeah, so right now, um, they're really just doing this. I, I don't know, are they scrimmaging yet? Yeah, they're, they're probably scrim- I think they're scrimmaging right now. So they usually have three weekends of scrimmages before the season starts. Um, you know, they're just dialing it in, getting ready for day one and opening day. Um, and I know Dennis Wilson, he's getting the boys right in the weight room and they're staying maintained and they're getting right as far as they're throwing progressions and everything like that. So I'm, I'm guessing right now the pitchers are probably going through bullpens. Bullpens are definitely picking up right now. Yeah, individual um, defense for the position players and doing some on-field BP before a lot of practice gets going. So, but yeah, like yeah, like Matt said, right, 
you know, there are a lot of jobs that are won uh, in these three weeks before the season, even though the fall scrimmages are so important. Um, these, these early season, you know, spring scrimmages are just as important. Um, so there are a lot of, you know, whether it's the Friday night roll, Saturday, whatever it is, there's a lot of jobs, jobs won in these coming up scrimmages for sure. You mentioned that Friday night roll, um, Carson Wisenhunt, obviously one of the best left-handed pitchers in the country, uh, you know, on most people's radar. I mean, you know, he's projected to be a top two or three round pick uh, here in, here in uh, the upcoming draft. Uh, so just talk about Carson and, um, you know, his abilities and everything he brings to the program. Yeah, Carson, he's got a great mentality. I think that's what separates him uh, to be a Friday night guy. Um, that's probably the first thing I noticed whenever I met him coming in as a freshman is he's a bulldog. Uh, he wants to win really at all costs. Um, so that def- that's definitely the kind of guy you want out there on the mound for you. Um, and just going off of that, I mean, you see the talent. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. Um, you know, he's a lefty that can throw the ball in the mid-90s, and he's got a plus change up with a, with a really good breaking ball. So you add all those things together, it's uh, he's, he's a great deal of success for that guy. But they've got a lot of talent there this year. And, you know, Cooch, he's uh, – we played with him for four years. Um, he's he's a stud and uh, just everybody, really. I mean, the, the pin should be good again. There's a lot of freshmen that um, we met last year, and I think they're going to play some key roles this year as well. So, yeah. And you, you talk about the electric stuff of, um, of Wisenhunt. Um, Garrett Saylor – yeah, um, you know he's he's had re- he's had relief appearances where he's gone, you know, four or five in a fraction, and and really been uh, almost unhittable. So just talk about him being able to uh, become a little more consistent um, because he has tremendous stuff. Garrett's definitely versatile. I mean, we've seen him throw a lot of midweek games when we were there. Uh, he stepped into some spot starts for us on the weekend, I believe, too. Um, so he's got the ability to go long innings. Um, he's got great stuff, great guy too. Um, Nick Lugish, he'll be another name. I know that he's done, he's done really well this fall and, um, he's, he's done a lot of work to really revamp his game this off season. And he's, um, he's something to look forward to as well as CJ Mayhew. You know, he's, he's done well for us in the past and, uh, I think he's going to continue to do so. He's another bulldog. So, uh, they got a lot of, a lot of options there and I'm looking forward to seeing them compete. Guys, one of the things, obviously, we don't know now because it's preseason, but you got to feel like that uh, Coach said he's going to have an amazing year. I just have a, a really good feeling. I could be wrong, but I just really believe in that guy. And I know how much he prepares uh, for the each game and for the season. So I feel like he's going to have an amazing year. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. You know, no one in my, in my time at ECU, I don't think I've, you know, met a guy that's, you know, more mentally prepared than Jake Coachmaner. Um and that's you know that's over half the battle is uh the mental aspect and you know his his the mental side of his game it doesn't matter that you know he doesn't throw the hardest on you know out of everybody on our team it doesn't matter it's just the guy knows how to pitch he knows how to get out um he's not afraid for, he's not afraid of anybody um and you know as you've seen through his successes whether it's throwing his perfect game or you know, pitching in a big game, but the middle game for him is what separates him. Guys, over the last couple of seasons, one of the things that the, the pitchers utilized was the wristband. Uh, so I know you stay in touch with your uh, former teammates. Um, 
is that something that's going to be utilized this year? Because I've heard in the fall that it, that it was not. Honestly, I, I, I don't know. Um, that's a great question. I, I really have no idea. Yeah. I know um, I checked a few scrimmages this year, and they weren't using it, but I believe they will at times. I, I'm not really sure. I don't want to say they're right. all here, but um, I mean, it, I think I mean it definitely did what it what it was supposed to do, and that was um, you know guys at second. You know, I don't know if you guys know that there's like a a thing called synergy out there where they can look at cameras and you kind of can break down everything as far as any player, any any position player, any pitcher uh, in the country. And that was kind of the whole idea behind it. I was just to uh, eliminate, you know, stealing those signs. But um, right, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what's going to happen going forward. Yeah, like in uh it was a lot to get used to, you know, first off when they told us we were using those when we first started, it was kind of all the pictures were kind of iffy about it. And it was just something that uh, I really don't want to do this. I think it's going to take up too much time between pitches, but you know, I think it, uh, it definitely did its purpose for sure. Are there guys on the team that maybe the fans uh, for this season, you played with them last year that, uh, that we may not know about that you say, Hey, those guys look out for that guy. He's going to be special. I would say, you know, there's a lot of those freshmen last year that didn't play, you know, as much as they could. I think, you know, Josh Groves is a guy that um, could make a huge difference um, pitching-wise. I think, you know, he's got he's got the capability of going long innings. Um, and his stuff, is, his stuff can be lights out at times. Um, and then you also got guys like, uh, you know, C.J. Boyd. I remember, you know, in the fall the, last year, you know, he had a great fall, me and Matt's last fall. Um, battled, you know, some injuries here and there, but um, he's a guy to look out for. You know, Cam Clanch, you know, he's a he's a gamer. That guy is definitely a gamer, um, and he's not going to back down from anybody. Um, but there's there's definitely some other names um, out there uh, for sure. But as far as you know, the new guys this year, I, I, I haven't been to enough scrimmages to watch. But you know, those are three guys that you know stand out to me. Going back to y'all's careers, um, just over those last couple of seasons, especially last year, and just talk about uh, and you knew in certain situations, um, you know, based on who had who had pitched and you know who had who had pitches still available, innings available, um, that it was going to be in either you um, or one of you guys, I should say, or uh, C.J. Mayhew. Uh, so. So just talk about being um, among those, you know, reliable options. Just where you, you knew that coach was coming to you, you just had to go out there and get the job done. Yeah, um, you know, not only us three, but I, I think the guys around us, other than us three, you know, stepping into situations when, you know, whether it wasn't, you know, the closest game or whatnot, it saved us, as in me, you know, Matt, you know, whoever it was, um, for being fresh at the very end of the season. Um, because, you know, we didn't have to use us all the time. But I would just say, you know, we wouldn't have been as strong at the end of the season um, without those guys, you know, or other staff, other pitching staff, you know, stepping up in key roles throughout the season to keep us fresh. No doubt. Well, guys, as yeah. far as the schedule is concerned this year, uh, are there games? I know you guys are in Atlanta right now. We'll talk about that towards the end of the interview. But are there games that you – you're looking at, you're like, well, we got to be at that series. Yeah, well, we definitely want to get back for at least one weekend series in Greenville um, pre-postseason, I'd say. 
Um, so I think we might try and get back for like the Leclerc Classic. Um, yeah. We're just talking, but uh, we definitely want to try and get to the Charleston series. I believe um, we got we do some business work down in Savannah, so we'll see if we can try and swing it where we can head up that way for that weekend. But if not, uh, we'll try and get down there anyways. But yeah, and then we'll we'll definitely uh, you know. If- if we're hosting another regional, super regional, you can you can count us in. We'll be there no matter what. Looking back, Go ahead, you know, in, yeah. Look, look, looking back in all sports, baseball is no different. In fact, it may even be more intense in baseball than a lot of other sports. Playing North Carolina, North Carolina State is something the fans get fired up about, and I'm assuming all you guys do too. Playing the game uh, between North Carolina and North Carolina State, who would you say is the bigger rival in baseball? Uh, man, that's a tough one, man. I don't. I hate them both equally. And, I guess you no. know, well, <laughs> like Matt said, we do hate them both equally. Um, I, you know, we didn't really get the opportunity to play NC State as much as we, you know, we wish we we could have. Obviously, we played them in that regional, but I believe you know, me and Matt only played them throughout the regular season, our first two years there. Um, and then it was kind of that series or you know midweek games kind of got shut down for a few years. Um. But so, I mean, maybe North Carolina, even though, you know, we played NC State in the regional, um, just because we, you know, we played those guys more. Um, it was, we knew we were playing those guys, you know, at least, you know, twice a season. So um, just because that aspect, probably, probably Carolina, just because we didn't play State as much. Um, but State would definitely be right there tit for tat if we played them just as many times as we played Carolina. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely just those games you just want to mark on your schedule. Um, along with UNCW and Duke, you know, it's just the atmosphere in Clark Claire is always second to none, you know, and I think that's what gets the itch ready for those games and you mark them ahead of the head of the schedule. So, yeah, like that game last year against Carolina at home was – that was a game I'll never forget. Yeah, um, that was that game was nuts. A- AMAC coming up big. Yeah. Yeah, me and, me and Matt both didn't pitch. Uh, we didn't pitch that great that night, but our <laughs> offense definitely uh, picked us up for sure. But that game was uh, one that we won't forget. And guys, it seems like in that in Clark Eclair, especially when you're playing the home games, it feels like that when we when, I don't know, just speaking as a fan, someone that follows the program very close, it feels like a regional atmosphere when we're playing an ACC school in-state opponent that we don't like. Oh, there's no doubt. Um, you know, the Carolina game last year that was that was just as much a regional game as you know, the William and Mary Friday night game in the regional was, um, as far as atmosphere, it was, it was electric. So that's, you know, no doubt. Or Norfolk state. I apologize. I don't know why I said, <laughs> yeah, it was. I was, I don't know why I said, I said hang on. I said, William and Mary. Norfolk state. <laughs> okay. You had, you had the colors, right? You had the green and gold. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, guys, um, you know, since the season ended last year, um, just talk about that decision to go ahead and uh, begin your professional careers um, in, you know, in the, in the business world, as opposed to, uh, you know, pursuing independent ball or something of that nature. Yeah, I would say, you know, we definitely, uh, at the end of the season, we had, we knew we would have the opportunity to maybe, you know, you know, may not get drafted, maybe sign something. But I think that for me, you know, I had already made it on mind that, what was best for, for me personally is if I go ahead and pursued, uh, you, you know, the next, next chapter of my life. Um, and it ended up being, I'll uh, move, I'm moving here, uh, in Atlanta with Matt. Now we both, uh, work for, uh, 
Grover Gaming. Uh, we work for Vanilla Games. It's the same thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, I definitely thought about it a little bit, but I just thought it was best for me if I moved on to that next chapter. Yeah, I mean, I would completely agree. Um, just It was that time, you know, I, I, I gave the game all I had, and I look forward to, to watching the boys from here on out. And uh, I learned many life lessons uh, through the game of baseball and what ECU had taught me in general. And uh, moving forward, you know, we, we landed with a great company. Uh, Garrett Blackwater is the owner of it. And he gives back to ECU and Grover Gaming's on a lot of a lot of different signs and billboards and stuff going through Greenville. He has a great culture there, and it's something that we could we could fit into. Um, you know, him and Coach Godwin are really good friends, and uh, we continue to learn um, from the company culture. You know, they, they've, they've taught us a lot that adds on to what we've learned at ECU Baseball and uh, just, just looking forward to what the future holds. How hard was it? I know that you said you, you knew when it was a time to give up the game, so to speak, but how hard was that decision? I mean, it's it's never easy, you know, putting on the cleats for the first time at four years old to, you know, hanging them up at 23. Um, but it, uh, it, 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 we knew it was time, and you know, I can't. I looking back at it, you know, I spent longer than any other guy at ECU, so <laughs> that's one positive way to look at it, I guess. But you know, I would do it all over again if I could. But uh, it was definitely, it was definitely full of memories that I'll never forget. No doubt. Talk about the experience now. You're talking about the with Grover Gaming, obviously a hot uh, company uh, right now, certainly with uh, in Greenville and, and, and beyond. But uh, talk about what do you guys do there? And you're talking about the culture. Uh, how much fun is it to work there? Yeah, like, uh, you know, we don't we don't get up every day and just not look forward to going to work or, you know, dread work. You know, we're very blessed with, you know, how young we are to have a job like this. And, you know, it's just the people in the company, um, you know, the Garrett hires, he makes sure that they fit the, the mold um, for this best, best fit for the culture. And that's that's why, you know, it's such a good place to work is just because, you know, I, I heard about it, you know, when I was playing ball at ECU, uh, you know, when I was talking to Garrett at first about the culture, but I was like, there's no way, you know, a business like this is going to have, you know, a culture, you know, like I'm used to, like ECU. Um, with Coach Godwin, and it, you know, it really does, um, it, and that's what makes it, you know, such a, you know, a fun place to work. And we have a great opportunity for sure, and we're very thankful. For those that don't know, what is Grover Gaming uh, for Pirate Nation that maybe not not aware? Um, so we we build and manufacture uh, electronic gaming devices. Um, so we we sell skill skill machines. Uh, we live in the state of Georgia. It's a regulated market down here. Uh, but we do business in various other states through, throughout the country. Um, the difference, we're, we're, the vanilla game side is more of a straight sale market. Cam and I work um, on the sales side of things as well. And uh, the Grover side is more on the charitable gaming. So they, uh, they put games in different locations compared to the vanilla side. When you said, uh, can, is it gaming? Is it like when you're talking about, is it, it's not video games, right? It's more of a, is it no, more like video poker? It's, yeah, it's more like a, you know, we don't use the term, but it's more like a slot machine. Okay. It's got a, it's got a basic skill to it. Okay. Sweepstakes, Dave. Sweepstakes. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm supposed to say, yeah. Uh, hopefully one of these days we'll get smart and have, uh, 
casinos all across the place. I have no problems with the, whatsoever with that. And, uh, you know, with the guys with the uh, with the sports betting, it looks like that's the only thing that the General Assembly in North Carolina could agree on this year. So, uh, but anyway, we're uh, looking forward to it. Uh, guys, do you have anything before you go? I'll look at the time, and we've had you a long time, but we appreciate, I can say, uh, me personally, how much, and I know many in Pirate Nation, how much you guys mean to the program, how much you did. I know you could have said last year, even though you came back, you could have said, we're going to start our careers a year early, right? And you came back and you gave us another year. So uh, we appreciate all the great memories. And uh, I, I know that you won't be strangers when it comes to the EC baseball program. No, we'll be back as much as we can. And we thank you guys so much for you know all the constant support you gave us and you continue to give the guys. Um, if it wasn't for you guys, you know, we wouldn't be in the opportunity that, you know, we were and we wouldn't have the, had the opportunity that we had. So we thank you guys. Definitely. I mean, I uh, thank you guys for having us on tonight as well and uh, look forward to following ECU baseball this year and uh, staying in touch with everybody. No doubt. Appreciate you all. And uh, you're always welcome on our show. We'll have another season of extra innings starting hard to believe in just a few weeks uh, after the Bryant series. So love to have you guys back on sometime during the year when your schedule permits. Of course, you guys just let us know and we'll be on. All right, guys, take, take care and good luck, uh, obviously, to the Pirates this season. And we'll talk to you again soon. Thank Appreciate you, guys. It. Thank you, guys. Go Pirates. All right, have a good night. Thanks, guys. Appreciate those guys very much for all they did for Pirate Nation, obviously being on – 23 Jungle Tales. Bubba, very excited to have, uh, I believe, isn't this the third season? The time is rolling, but I believe. Yeah, that's correct. It's year three. Okay, third season of 23 Jungle Tales. And I know we've got more. Uh, that's one down, and we've got 22 to go, right? Yeah, um, I guess we'll count that as one. So you, you get kind of a bonus there with two players in the first episode. Um, but we'll be, uh, I've already confirmed with the likes of Hunter Allen, and then also a guy from the Gary Overton era um, back in the early 90s or so, um, John White. Uh, so those are going to be uh, two of the upcoming Jungle Tales. And we're shooting to get uh, Chris Holbaugh, um, obviously in the Cardinals organization, coming off an injury. But um, Hunter Allen, John White, and Chris Holbaugh, they'll probably be um, three of the former players you'll hear from. Very excited also, by the way, guys. I know that uh, we can, I guess we can go ahead and say PGX Gloves are coming back on with us. And we uh, heard today Next Level Training Center. I want to give a shout out to, uh, obviously, Trent, Brett, and Gaynell. Appreciate all they've done for my kids. And uh, I can speak personally for Alexander McKenzie, but uh, probably hundreds, thousands of kids uh, that they do. They're a great job there in Greenville. And uh, Bubba, very excited to have them back. Yeah, Trent and that um, entire Next Level Training Center family um, really appreciate their support of the program, and uh, they do an excellent job. So if you need to uh, use a facility and get excellent instruction uh, with baseball and softball, uh, then they're your source and um, the location you need to go to if you're right there in the greater Greenville area. No doubt. And Kyle, guess what the name of Alexander's hitting instructor is? Oh, sorry, Dave. I was doing something. Um, the name of Alexander's hitting instructor? Where yes. at? PGA Club? Next, no, next level. Next level. PGA Club. That wouldn't work. Um, uh, Kyle. It is. Good job. <laughs> uh, 
Well, yeah. I figured it had to be something relevant to me. Uh, yeah. Is it Kyle Roller? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a great guy and uh, appreciate um, he's been working with Alexander and, uh, did you uh, did you know Brian Bailey beat Kyle Roller in a foot race? I didn't know that. Well, that's sure. and that's what uh, Brian Bailey when when Kyle Roller scored that winning run against South Carolina, he said, "I think I could beat uh, Kyle Roller," and I, I really don't think that happened. No, <laughs> it happened. It happened. There was a foot race. Brian skunked him. Yeah. <laughs> no, obviously that's the correct. Yeah, yeah, I figured, I I figured you were. Uh, he said, "I, I just I, never will forget him saying than, that." I think I'm faster than Kyle is. Yeah, well, he's probably faster than this Kyle. I bet he can beat me in a foot race. I'd like. To I, I, I bet you a. I bet you a sloth beat me in a foot race. Oh well. Uh, by the way, one of our mind fans, Bubba, have you heard the latest totals? I think it was over 1,700 tickets, but season tickets oh, get those wow. bcpirates.com. You can go there now. Or you can uh, Monday through yeah, Friday. Yeah, we broke the record. Um, give me a moment. I yeah. I screenshotted it when we broke the record, but yeah. um, the that record of one thousand seven sixty four, whatever it was, fell. And uh, now that's what Coach Godwin was saying the other day when we talked to him that he was wanting to see two thousand sold. I think that's very doable. We've got a few more weeks, and how many more weeks do we sell season tickets? It'll be up until that they'll they won't they'll stop after Bryant. I take it. I wouldn't think so. I would think. Uh, okay. I would. I'm. I'm assuming. I could be wrong on that, but I mean, I, I don't know why you would stop at that point. It, it's not to the point where Dave. I would, if you can hear me, I'm totally without sound. So. Oh well. I uh, I can't hear anything you guys are saying. So. All right. Live streaming uh, for sure. But uh, certainly we're trying to break that record as we're trying to work out the technical difficulties. Uh, we'll try to get that 2000 and you can do that, folks. You still have a little bit of time. I don't know the exact amount. We'll find out the deadline. That's what I was trying to ask Bubba. Um, the deadline on that. Maybe Kyle knows, but it should be in the next. I, know. I, I don't know the deadline on season tickets, but I would I would think. I wouldn't think you'd go to many plans after the first weekend series. Um, so I'm not sure. Uh, but you, you most likely, if you ain't got them by the beginning of the season, you ain't going to get them. So 